0: Hello everyone, Sam here. This is our first episode after a week off whilst Tom moved back to the UK. Unfortunately, some of his audio equipment, including his mic stand, is still packed up in boxes, so he was having to hold it in his hand this week. That does mean that some of the audio quality is a little bit muffled and a little bit rattly. Hopefully that won't put you off too much, it's really good to be back and we've got a cracking episode. So, let's get on with it. Hello oh, and welcome back to That Was Genius, the little history podcast, in which Tom, who's in Britain, say hello in British, Tom. Uh, <coughs> hello. <laughs> there we go. And Sam, who's also in Britain, discuss history topics on a theme each week. We decide the topic the week in advance, or in this case, two weeks in advance, because Tom was moving last week, so we didn't have an episode. But everything else that happens is a
1: surprise. And it's morning time for both of us. I know. This is crazy. So we've both probably had a cup of tea or coffee,
0: Yes. We? Neither of us is on
1: the gin. <laughs> exactly. Usually it was me on a suppressant, you on a you on a, a stimulant. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I just dropped two e's and a quarter of a Superman, and you <laughs> you were knees deep in a K-hole. Um, what was a K-hole? Ketamine. Is that
1: a baby screaming behind you? <laughs> It's probably downstairs, yeah. Uh, I can't hear it, I've got my headphones in. (laughs) La 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 la. (laughs) No, they're downstairs on their own. I've got a one-year-old and a three-year-old just running riot. I'm I'm solo parenting right now. You've given them a box of matches (laughs) to entertain themselves with. (laughs) They'll be fine. An iron and a full (laughs) sink. And I thought, go ahead. What's the worst that could happen? You've literally given them
0: one of every Monopoly character (laughs) in reality, in real life to play with. Hopefully, they both pick the hat. <laughs> <laughs> but the car's unlocked if they want it.
1: And the dog the dog is busy being ironed. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Quite. We played Monopoly once at university, didn't we? But we were allowed to choose our own pieces. Yes. From outside the box. I seem to remember I had... Did I have a Lego Pirate?
0: You had a Lego Pirate. I had a wind-up racing nun. And... <laughs>
1: Uh, By wind-up racing nun. Is it just a nun that just loves winding people up? Is that...
0: <laughs> yeah, whilst wearing whilst wearing running shoes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just
1: run, runs around the streets pissing people off. They called her the Rosie. Stops. She was the fastest <laughs> nun in the West. <laughs> running up the bus stops and splashing people with puddle water. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just, yeah. Just runs past someone and just hurls a piece of myrrh at them.
1: (laughs) Sprints (laughs) off. Ah, yeah, bastards. (laughs) Slaps them round the chops with a Bible. (laughs) Runs up to a Norman church and fucks up the frescoes and then runs (laughs) off. (laughs) I'm the wind up nun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a sketch show that needs to be made, isn't there?
1: (laughs) Right, what's our topic this week, Tom? (laughs) The topic is health and fitness. It it. is
0: health and fitness, yes, a topic close to both of our hearts, because like all good historians, we're both muscle-bound, ripped. Ripped, (laughs) body-waxed. Absolutely, nothing gives you pecs like archaeology. Slowly (laughs) scraping away at a piece of Roman pottery with a toothbrush for six months really brings (laughs) out the serratus.
1: That reminds me of the scene from Conan the Barbarian. Have you seen that film?
0: Of course, I've seen Conan the Barbarian.
1: (laughs) The scene in Conan the Barbarian where Arnold Schwarzenegger, the character that Arnold Schwarzenegger plays, which is obviously Conan the Barbarian, is enslaved. And at the start of the film, you see this child being strapped to, like, a wheel and being forced (laughs) to push it round and round. And then it's time-lapsed, and then it passes forward 15 years. And rather than having some fucking horribly deformed... (laughs) He spent his entire childhood...
0: Punchback (laughs) of Notre Dame.
1: (laughs) Pushing, pushing... Pushing, like, an agricultural wheel round, like a donkey. It (laughs) it plays round and it's Arnold. This is beautifully formed body. This is the ultimate functional exercise. Cause look at my beautifully proportioned body. Yes,
0: I literally haven't turned right in 30 years. I'm like a fucking NASCAR driver.
1: But <laughs> yet I'm so symmetrical.
0: <laughs> beautifully. <laughs> So, yes, talking about Conan the Barbarian and other reliable historical epics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, all that, yeah, that's my topic for this week, is Conan the Barbarian? <laughs> how have you found this week, Tom? <laughs> uh, easy peasy, which is kind of why I chose it. I knew I needed uh, an easy option this week because I've just spent God knows how long. I've lost track of time.
0: <laughs> a week on for- a plane. And- <laughs> oh,
1: God, 24 hours on a plane. And then we spent two days in a stinkingly hot Singapore Desperately trying not to not to get coronavirus, (laughs) which is fun. (laughs) Have you ever been to Australia, New Zealand? I haven't. No. So yeah, so it's a long way. Yeah, it's. (laughs) Yeah, I get
0: that impression.
1: But no, we've just I I just came back on cold, which I think I mentioned to you during the week was um, is an upgrade on what happened two Christmases ago when we came home, which is when we all got norovirus (laughs) um, on off the flight and shared it around everyone in our extended family. And, it's um, Christmas well absolutely well, you think people would be upset, but it was a beautiful example of deferred gratification it was it was 48 hours of, of horrors for every individual, but it was about it was about three days before Christmas so a few days later everyone had the perfect excuse to stuff their guts for 48 hours and not put on weight
0: <laughs> It's a Christmas miracle <laughs> the,
1: the miracle at our
0: house. God, I've have barely lived. I've not been to Australia. I've not had norovirus.
1: Well, they're two of the. I mean, they're two things on most people's bucket list. If I wanted to see
0: um, a racist and be sick, Tom, I would go for a kebab <laughs> in Blackburn. That's <laughs> much closer,
1: <laughs> less expensive, less, expensive. less, less torturous, <laughs> a fewer snakes. Yeah. Anyway, as fun as this is, <laughs> oh, no, there's there's better. I wrote a poem. OK, good, um, good, right, Carry go. on. <laughs> There once was a man from New Zealand who arrived with the most funny feeling He had a squitty poo and passed out by the loo and after vomiting all over the ceiling
0: Brilliant <laughs> There
1: you go That's a
0: throwback to our two-week-ago episode on poetry Where you couldn't think yeah. of a limerick
1: You've <laughs> had two yeah. weeks and a 24-hour flight <laughs> Exactly, that was 14 hours from Singapore to London And that's what I managed <laughs> Sorry, let's get, on the, let's get on to the history, shall we?
0: A bit radical literally 17 minutes of chatting about poo wonderful it's good to be back ladies and gentlemen it's good to be good to be back <laughs> uh <laughs> right what could what could we flip have you got anything i mean you were a personal trainer until about two weeks ago so surely you've got something health and fitness related to flip
1: i've got me shall i do a flip i can't go, go on <laughs> but i'll know oh because i've got a i have got I think it's got to be random which side i land hasn't it
0: I mean, I don't know how acrobatic you are. It's entirely, if I did a flip, it would be entirely random which side I landed. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: right. I choose face down. <laughs> I, I'm going to do, right, do a somersault. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a roly-poly, and we'll see which side I land on. Are you going to go for the left or the right? I think you're going to settle on the right. Okay, well that's the side of the laptop. We do have to be careful here that I don't accidentally... Stop the recording uh, again. The recording. This <laughs> what last night. I may have to take my headphones off for this, or I might garrot myself in the process. So, headphones off, roly-poly coming up. Okay, headphones back on. I landed on the right. Good, I, I win. <laughs> Brilliant, are you still recording? Are we good? I am still recording, but I'm slightly concussed.
0: I did hear quite a loud bang. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, if you're slightly concussed, why don't I go first whilst you recover? (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) You, You can go and have a sit down. Today, I'm going to talk about a man who the sporting montage may as well have been invented for. A genuine Hollywood action hero whose skills could be used for everything from battlefield acrobatics to rescuing damsels in distress. He was the winner of French Ninja Warrior 1385 he is, of course, <laughs> jean ile also known by his family nickname of Bosica. The muscles from Beausica. The muscles from Bosica. And, Tom, you're probably asking, what does Bosica mean in Old French? What does Beausica mean in Old French, Sam? Good question, Tom. Uh, it's your choice of mercenary, treasure chest, fish basket or goat face. It really is <laughs> a beautifully precise language,
1: Tom. <laughs> Old French. Goat? Do goats' faces look like fish? What treasure chests or fish baskets? Well, Tom,
0: as we as we all know, to a French person, there is no greater treasure than a basket of rotting fish.
1: No, because all of their supermarkets smell like it. If you've ever been to a French <laughs> yeah, supermarket, yes. I don't know how they manage it, but the whole supermarket <laughs> yeah. smells of skip.
0: Which yeah. <laughs> the whole supermarket. Paris.
1: <laughs> Paris, Paris smells of skip. Yes, yes, Paris is a tip. Um, <laughs> cigarette butts everywhere. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just dog shit on every corner.
1: Yeah. Well, um, you assume it's dog shit. Yeah, yes,
0: it it uh, could just be French shit.
1: And <laughs> a very expressive puer. I do where I like or when I like.
0: Yes. I will uh, let a cigarette and a squat down <laughs> ear.
1: <laughs> it is done. <laughs> C'est
0: fini. <laughs> C'est pas That is
1: yeah. wonderful. I've, I've
0: got a brilliant <laughs> image of like just a typical Frenchman with a handlebar, must- with a twiddly mustache and a striped top with onions around, just squatting on the ground in black and white while smoking a cigarette <laughs> in a black and white film. And then just one of those black end cards comes up that just says, Fa and he walks off.
1: <laughs> very art
0: house. Yeah, it's very art house, isn't it? <laughs> So, yes, a name which could mean your choice of mercenary, treasure chest, fish basket, or goat face. He actually does have quite a good goatee in most of the uh, modern pictures of him. Does old Bosica, So uh, so it's entirely possible oh, that it was...
1: strange? Goatee. That's one of the strangest things I've heard in this podcast. <laughs> no possi- Are you sure it's just not a really shit translator? Uh, well, this was... I don't uh... know. It could be. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you ask I... a guy down the pub? Did you take well... the... <laughs>
0: I'll be honest, I got some of the suggestions for the translations from a historical message board. <laughs> <laughs> the, the two most common are that it either means mercenary or fish basket. Goat face is one of the options, but that's a bad Google Translate option. But it's the one that actually translates into what he looks like the best. Yeah. So, so there you go. But anyway, not just an interesting name, Tom. Bosica was a very interesting man. He was born in 1366. Uh, it was obviously a Frenchman. And was a soldier through and through. He joined his first military campaign at the ripe old age of 12 years old. Wow. As an observer, heading off with Louis de Bourbon as a page in the Duke of Burgundy's army. Oh, he,
1: was, he was the one that looked like a biscuit, wasn't he?
0: He was, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yes, went off to fight... Uh,
1: Very creamy centre. Richard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Richard <Hobnob. laughs> Sorry, I stole your joke, (laughs) Richard. Richard of Toulouse, better
0: known as Rich T. Nice,
1: nice. (laughs) Jacques of (laughs) Obnub,
0: to fight the notorious bandit
1: chief Jamie Dodger, (laughs) (laughs) and his arch nemesis, Le Penguin. I'm just imagining, was it Louis of Bourbon? I'm just imagining a Bourbon biscuit with a nice suit sitting on the sitting on the back of a horse, <laughs> big smiley Bourbon face.
0: Unfortunately, you, you cannot cross the river because you will just go all soggy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jack of Ubnub on the other hand, <laughs> he is a fantastic dunker. You can, put him, <laughs> if anyone, you can just that, get
0: in and out of the water time and time again. He just sucks <laughs> it all up.
1: <laughs> that's that's a Peter K, isn't it? That's a famous Peter Kay routine, I think. Oh, the wrong.
0: So yes, he was knighted at the age of sixteen and went on his first crusade at eighteen, uh, being a. Petra's teenager with a sword, (laughs) he he did have a bit of a temper and a knack for pithy one-liners whilst smiting enemies like any good action hero.
1: Oh, excellent. Have you got some of them?
0: Uh, Well, apparently he shouted at one guy...
1: I'm going to fuck you over!
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're going home in a fucking ambulance. (laughs) I'm trying to think of a good biscuit-related pithy one-liner. I can't can't think of one. Uh, But apparently he did shout at one enemy who'd mocked him for being too young. Do the kids in your country play this game? As he knocked him off his horse and stabbed him
1: to death <laughs> with a, with a, with a twiglet, <laughs> yeah, with a Cadbury's finger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a character now. That's another one for the website. Louis de Bourbon, <laughs> a guy with a <laughs> twix for a sword <laughs> <laughs> and a biscuit shield. So Bozakar wasn't just a, wasn't just a soldier wasn't just a man of pithy one-liners, he was a poet as well. He wrote a number of epic ballads extolling the virtues of chivalry. In fact, he's the guy who's often credited with developing the kind of the modern, quite cliche idea of chivalrous behaviour. He wrote very extensively about how to be polite in court and how to treat princesses well, presumably after hanging, drawing and quartering their fathers and selling them off in an arranged marriage to secure an alliance with Prussia. You know, chivalry.
1: (laughs) Chivalry is very much like rugby, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Beat the fuck out of each other, cheat as much as you possibly can, and then after the match have a beer and shake hands. Yes.
0: Um, as much as you can within the rules. Yeah, well, <laughs> Be as much of a bastard as possible within very carefully designed social conventions.
1: Exactly, yeah. Completely arbitrary social conventions. <laughs> yeah. A completely arbitrary code of conduct. Yes. Don't bite his
0: ear, but do headbutt him in the bollocks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: For anyone who's interested in self-defence, headbutting someone in the bollocks not. <laughs> Charge headlong at someone. Ah! 90, 90 degree at the hip. <laughs> For Sparta! <laughs> Is that you, Mavis? Is that you, Mavis, the wind-up nun? <laughs> Running around nutting people at the crotch? Just <laughs> at the Sunday, at the congregation, as people leave the church, <laughs> in, in, in between, in between, placing whoopee cushions on all of the pews. How may this? And putting, putting a,
0: a squeaky dog toy in one of the organ tubes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a bucket of confetti on the entrance door. <laughs> As a bride oh, turns a confetti up. organ! What an idea! <laughs> confetti organ, yeah. Every time oh, you press it, it just blows confetti out of the tube. <laughs> God, that would be great for weddings, though, wouldn't
0: it? Wouldn't it, just, Is there yeah. anything?
1: Is there anything happier than a church
0: organ blowing confetti? I think we've found <laughs> nirvana. <laughs> Vaguely back to the story. In fact, so when you think about nightly cliches and. Uh, and kind of chivalrous cliches. This guy basically ticks all the boxes. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get hold of any of his original manuscripts because they're all, uh, they are available as PDFs, but they're all paywall behind academic paywalls because universities are bastards. I think they have yeah. the right to copyright manuscripts from 1407. But I get the impression he was a pretty vain guy, old Bosica. He had a biography written about himself during his lifetime, which, given that this is the you know, the late 14th, early 15th century, this is the days of stunning handcrafted manuscripts, individually illustrated calligraphy, the works. Having a book written about yourself was really quite some feat at the time. Presumably, he had a large retinue of monks following him around with paintbrushes, just kind of getting all of his good angles for the sides of the page.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just imagining it now next to Peter Crouch, my story, in the Waterstones. (laughs) Oh, Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yeah, some some other C list person who. What, why did? Do you, have you ever re- have you ever read an autobiography before? No, I know. I can't think of anything worse, unless it's like Roll Dial or someone like that. I can I could read that, but why do you want to read about some retired am- average football player or some <laughs> C list celebrity? And they always have really pensive looks on the covers, don't they? They do. And then a really stupid title like "This Is Me" or "Me Is Who." <laughs>
0: Or mine camp,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Mel Gibson one, isn't it? That's Mel Gibson. Yes, it, yes that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you go
0: to Mel Gibson's house, and it's just got a, it's got a big sign above the door saying "acting sets you free." <laughs> 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 Ooh, it's a bit close to the boat, oh, isn't it? That's, <laughs> that's where it went. To, that's a bit close that's to the boat. It went.
1: Got stolen a few years ago, didn't it? We now know where it went. Oh, him, him, and Danny hmm. Glover. I bet. I bet the two of them did it. Is Danny Glover massively anti-Semitic? <laughs> no, he was a lethal weapon, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> Glad we cleared that up.
0: <laughs> yes. So yeah, I can. I've just got. I've, I've got this mental picture in my head as I was reading this of Bosica going around with walking around with dozens of mo- of monks following him around, some of whom are carrying like pre-made giant capital letters for the start of the page for him to pose against whilst they paint him. <laughs> <laughs> what's this what's this one about this, this chapter's about my dating life okay so uh let's get the capital d out <laughs> someone got the capital d
1: just pose on that pout pout one, one of them's carrying a carrying a cartload of gremlins behind him all right <laughs> yeah you just sit here gremlin and uh, your <laughs> dragon could you just hover over in the top left hand corner who's got the tower with the damsel in distress <laughs> <laughs> and now just hold for
0: yeah. two hours so yes, his his biography was called Le Livre des Fées du Bon Monsieur Gerand le de Bousicard, or the Chivalric Biography of and It was published anonymously in
1: 1407. <laughs> oh, the sh- the Chivalric Code of Goatface.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. His biography was published anonymously in 1407. Who could possibly have written this? And it's pretty much a book <laughs> on how a handsome, gifted young man should behave. <laughs> With illustrations. (laughs) Written by a very talented man with a way for words. (laughs) Um, He was also known for his charity work. In 1399, he founded his own order of knights, known as the Order of the White Lady on the Green Shield, which is a great name, isn't it?
1: White Lady on the
0: Green Shield. Yes, which was an order dedicated to courtly love, honour... And literally, literally, Tom, the protecting of damsels and ladies whilst their husbands were off fighting. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, huh? Mm hmm. <laughs> Which uh, presumably involved regularly checking up on the long list of lonely, bored French duchesses to make sure they weren't getting too lonely, or cold, or sad. <laughs> What a literal prince charming. What a creepy creepster. <laughs> yes. Um, but whilst he was a gentleman in the sheets, Tom, at least the sheets of parchment on his fantastically written and very reasonably priced biography, he was a beast in the streets, because as well as being handsome, generous, gifted, poetic, literate, pious, and having a great goatee and an enormous penis, according to one anonymous biography...
1: He <laughs> <laughs> I knew where that was going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he,
0: he loved a scrap. And prided himself on being literally the fittest man in the world, which in the fifteenth century, Tom, literally involved not having cholera.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or oh, bandy legs. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, clubfoot. <laughs>
0: So in 1390, aged just 24, and whilst he was bored in a brief break between wars, he organised a tournament with three friends, three other knights, in a place called Saint-Inguilver, which is near Calais, where he and his mates took on 18 separate jousting opponents, and he single-handedly knocked three of England's finest mounted knights clean off their horses, winning the grand prize with, by all counts... Very, very little effort. He was a superb, superb sportsman, uh, which got him the unending admiration of King Charles VI of France, who made him Marshal of France just a year later. So, um, a, a very, you know, the archetypal Prince Charming, an absolute bell end by all counts. <laughs> what the internet would call a Chad. A Chad? I've yes. not heard that before. But this is an episode on fitness, Tom. And so far, we've just talked about this beautiful, generous, pious, funny, sporting Frenchman with a beautiful voice and an enormous baguette. So let's talk about his fitness regime, Tom. Being the modest guy he was, we actually have a full record of this guy's personal training programme. Wow. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of manuscripts on medieval military training and sparring around and fencing and things like that. There's a lot of treatises written on that kind of thing. But this is pretty much the only time we actually have the personal training program for a famed medieval knight, and it is absolutely insane, Tom. Even by modern standards, this guy would have been a parkour or calisthenics legend. Legend. Um, have you ever tried? Incidentally, Tom, have you ever tried calisthenics? You're into your personal training, aren't you?
1: Well, yeah, I push-ups and pull-ups are all calisthenics, aren't they? Yeah, So, yeah. So basically,
0: it's any exercise which uses your just your body weight, isn't it?
1: Exactly, like wanking. Yeah.
0: Like, yes, abs- absolutely. <laughs> and parkour, which is basically just like wanking in the street.
1: <laughs> wanking, wanking in the street, wanking, wanking in a skate park. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and bear in mind, Tom, before we go into his training programme, this was military training. So everything he did, all of this, was done in full steel plate armour. Full battlefield dress, helmet and all. It's about twenty-five kilograms, fifty-five pounds worth of body weight. It's a, it's a lot of weight to be hulking yeah. around doing a doing a workout in. He went on a long run every morning in full dress, and after
1: that he would do the following. <laughs> Can you imagine that being a peasant in a small <laughs> French village, and you see a guy running past in full plate armor, good morning, waving, <laughs> waving with his gauntlet. Bonjour, <laughs> hello. Hello. Just had for a run. Did he have his full retinue of people trying to keep up? Yeah. (laughs) Once with an easel behind him, someone
0: carrying a giant letter.
1: Can't keep up. God, imagine what his Instagram account would have been like.
0: Oh, yes.
1: I bet he was the sort of twat that prepared all his meals on a Sunday and had them all in Tupperware boxes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a big run in the morning just to you know get the old uh, get the old muscles working and then his workout would begin tom exercise 1 he would scale the gap between walls four to five feet apart for example between portcullis gates in a castle just like they do in ninja warrior so oh, two yeah. walls four or five feet apart and he would shimmy in full armor up to the top of the castle wall and down again several oh, times right. in the morning um as a fun variation on this, he would shimmy up the inside of chimneys without using his hands or arms, just using his legs. Right. Which must have been fucking claustrophobic.
1: Yeah, and very, very
0: sooty. Sorry, he'd send a monk up first to clean it out for him. <laughs> but yeah, he could literally, in full armour, he could climb a castle wall by shimmying with his hands and legs between two walls. Absolutely incredible, insane. Um, and things like staircases as well. Yeah, he would, he could get up a spiral staircase without touching the stairs.
1: Which is really useful Probably. because in battle, the floor is lava. Yeah, as we all yeah,
0: know.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when when a castle is under siege, nobody's allowed to step step on the steps. No. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, do you, it's kind of it's possible that it was actually quite a useful thing to do because if you're assaulting a castle wall, you know they're pouring hot oil on you, and you get to the first portcullis and you 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 get that one open, but then there'd be another one and people be throwing rocks and things down on you. If you can shimmy up that and get to the top. You could potentially save a lot of lives. so It could be quite useful
1: by massively increasing your exposed surface area. Yes, <laughs> by being parallel to the ground and shimmying up these parallel walls. A- absolutely, yes. <laughs> really easy target. <laughs> I will drop a massive rock right on your pelvis. Yeah, yes, that'll fuck your lower back. So he did. So he was a, a shimmyer. He was a shimmyer. Yes. Master shimmyer.
0: Yeah. Exercise two, he would vault single-handed onto his war horse. As a fun variation, he would vault onto a passing horse at a gallop by grabbing hold of its rider, usually a trusted and probably very regularly badly injured squire. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing himself onto the back of the horse. (laughs) Exercise three, again, this one's really quite impressive. He would prop a large ladder up against a tall tree and he would climb up the underside of the ladder using only his hands. Uh, so oh, basically, yeah. like monkey bars, but monkey barring upwards. It's very green ninja warrior, isn't it? It is. When he got to the top, though, get this, Tom, when he got to the top, he would dangle one handed whilst using his free hand to remove his breastplate or chainmail. <laughs> so he would right. get to the top, strip da, for the ladies. Da, da. Yeah. <laughs> but you can leave your shield on. And then he'd climb
1: back down. Poncy show-off bastard. (laughs) Never realised that he'd left all his armour up in the tree. (laughs) Yeah. And then have to shimmy back up again. (laughs) Yeah. And he'd throw
0: this incredibly expensive suit of armour down from the tree. On the (laughs) squire. Massively dented. (laughs) Exercise four. uh, He would, much like modern steroid abusers, he would punch trees or punch the ground for hundreds of repetitions at a time. To uh, presumably simulate repeatedly punching a wounded enemy in the head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's and a to, common one. Victorian bare-knuckle boxers used to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Punching
0: Just a, a tree, yeah. Toughen up those weekend of feminine knuckles. <laughs>
1: and also to show the tree a lesson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wouldn't be bust around by some matty
1: oak. <laughs>
0: I am a French
1: warrior. What are you looking at? <laughs>
0: Exercise five, he'd just throw a rock around for a bit. Nice. Exercise six, swing a big hammer or chop some firewood. Again, nice. quite a good exercise in armour. Um, yeah. He must have been a sweaty man. He must have been a sweaty, sweaty man, especially at a time when people didn't bathe.
1: Right, yeah, Ray Rusty Armour as well. <laughs> oh, rusty in the Pits. <laughs> yeah.
0: My My, my favourite do what band from the 50s. <laughs>
1: Exercise. Mr. <laughs> to tour with Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rusty, Rusty in the Pits.
0: <laughs> Exercise seven. If I uh, he would do somersaults. He would. <laughs> so really, you you preface this with your flipping of yourself today. He yeah. would do dozens of somersaults. He would just roll and roll and roll and roll, <laughs> like an absolute idiot. Back
1: through, back through the same village. Bonjour, <laughs> <Yeah>. ah, Mademoiselle. <laughs>
0: Winking at all the French noble women as he rolled
1: past, <laughs> making a horrible noise. Imagine the clanging. <laughs> click, 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 click. Like,
0: like, like. I hope it's going to sound to give a bit like a slinky. <laughs>
1: I was thinking more like a camper van being taken <laughs> around windy roads, <laughs> <laughs> like a caravan
0: taking a corner too quickly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just hear all of the cutlery flying everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, so the only
0: concession with his somersault is that he did allow himself to remove his helmet for this part of the training, uh, presumably right. because presumably That's... because the pointy bit at the top would dig into the ground. and He just oh, ends up, up stuck upside down like a pole.
1: If he had any sense, he would do it. Th- he would do it across his lawn, and it would just. <laughs> It would help to get rid of the, you know, what do they call it in the lawn? Scarify. <laughs> Scarify. That's is that really, yeah.
0: I mean, the sensible thing surely, if it would just be to not do somersaults as a fully grown man in armour. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure where the military value is in <laughs> being able to su- be able to do rolly polies across the battlefield. <laughs> Aha! The British arrows from the longbowmen will merely bounce off me <laughs> as with great haste and speed he roll across the battlefield towards the enemy king, only to pop out like a hedgehog. <laughs> Kapah, it is me <laughs> You thought that I was an dealer?
1: no <laughs> Maybe maybe he just got fired from an early from an early cannon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bit like dambusters <laughs> <laughs> Skimming skimming across the ground towards the enemy (laughs) trying to think of the theme tune to Dambusters now
0: I I always get confused with Dambusters and 633 Squadron I think it's (laughs) 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 Hello
1: Roger
0: Bunny, Roger
1: (laughs) Chock's away
0: As they fire fire the mangonel
1: (laughs) <laughs> Say trebuchet a Frenchman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, there we go. That was one of his exercises. And exercise eight, Tom, very simply to finish off uh, vigorous dancing. No further details given. <laughs> he, was, he was really putting on quite a show for these lonely French noble women, wasn't he?
1: <laughs> Maybe what he did was he did one loop of this village jogging, uh, did his exercises back at the castle, then did his roly poly loop. <laughs> Halfway around in this village, just started banging out some pelvic thrusts. Yeah. And I'm imagining some of the sort of John Travolta, Saturday Night Fever style knee drops.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Through, yeah. The,
1: <laughs> through the village.
0: With some kind of like, I was, I was imagining some popping and locking. <laughs> just kind of break dancing through the mud <laughs> past some chateau. Le <laughs> <laughs>
1: stop. Amartain. time. <laughs> again with his full retinue chasing after him <laughs> <laughs>
0: in their baggy just like in a bollywood movie they're all behind him just kind of doing the little steps and waving behind
1: him <laughs> <laughs> loosening the light bulb uh brilliant that wonderful um bollywood version of thriller <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> brilliant uh anyway that, that there we go tom that was his exercise regime so um I think we found a man who's vain, does stupid exercises, and from the sounds of it is prone to serious injuries. I think, Tom, someone just invented CrossFit. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, all this training couldn't protect any Frenchman, no matter how noble and ripped, from thousands of English longbows, and he was captured at the disastrous Battle of Agincourt in 1415, where obviously the French were torn apart by endless volleys from English and Welsh archers. Uh, He was transported back to England, where, unfortunately, due to his fame, an extraordinarily high ransom was placed on his head, which the French simply couldn't afford at the time. So he uh, he...
1: placed on his head was it sort of just jammed onto the pointy bit of his helmet
0: onto the pointed bit of the helmet?
1: Ah, but I cannot no longer do my roly polies. Ah, shit! (laughs) Yep, mate, that's your punishment. (laughs) No more roly polies for you.
0: Unfortunately, he died in Yorkshire. Um, so I can, imagine, I can only imagine what a good, hearty 15th century Yorkshireman would have thought to this French ponce rolling around. <laughs> <laughs> that poor you look like a right
1: tit. <laughs> Get off my cricket pitch!
0: <laughs> An extraordinarily high ransom was placed on his head, which unfortunately the French simply couldn't afford. So he died in Yorkshire in June 1421, age, age
1: 56. What a horrible way to go
0: what a way to go and an interesting fact to finish off Tom um, which you might well know about the Battle of Agincourt but some people probably won't the English army just before the battle had a terrible outbreak of dysentery and so huge portions of the army simply removed their trousers so that they could shit and shoot at the same time shit and shoot shit and shoot so the French were not only defeated by an English army half their size, but an English army who were busy farting loudly, shitting themselves with their todgers <laughs> out. <laughs> that was
1: genius's back, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but the ultimate war cry, isn't it? The, the French were probably at the bottom of the hill looking up at them and they're all going... <laughs> pulling these incredibly aggressive faces, <laughs> contorting their bodies. They must have thought, God, these guys are up for it. Look at him! Pants down, todgers out, ready to go. (laughs) It's a a stream, a stream of shit that pours down the hill towards the French. That's why the French couldn't get up it. (laughs) Well done! I know what we need to do. Everyone, (laughs) form a (laughs) roly-poly.
0: Ah, the thing, the only way to get up a hill covered in a flow of shit is to dance. (laughs) Follow me. (laughs) As they're just stomping through the shit. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: Arms on (laughs) each other's shoulders interlocked doing a Moulin Rouge show. (laughs) (laughs) Can-can. new york new york
0: it's got to be poo <laughs> very very slippery poo i can smell the farts a bit jinko <laughs>
1: They're spreading the poos. <laughs> and shooting their bows. <laughs> oh, I've never heard a shot like it. <laughs> what a way to go out, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that about Agincourt, actually.
0: There you go, Tom. There you go. That is my story for today. Wonderful. <laughs> Jean Ilmarre the Second, also known as Bosica,
1: and his bizarre
0: workout plan.
1: That's fantastic, Sam. You've done very, very well. Thanks. I think he deserves to be put into the Hall of Fame.
0: I think he probably does, doesn't he?
1: <laughs> what an excellent Frenchman. Um well that was that was, what was good about that is you, you kind of found a little a little unknown niche of history, which is what we try and do. I've been a bit I haven't cheated, but I, I've done a subject that is reasonably well known. So I think many of our listeners will have heard about the Pancrasian. Have you heard of it? I don't think I have, unless oh, you're okay. just pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's. <laughs> I have heard it's of the <laughs> Um P O X I N G. I think it's pronounced Pancrasian. So Pancrasian was basically ancient Greek and later Roman MMA. So it was no rules fighting. Um, And by no rules, I mean there were rules, but they were so minimal. And the pancrasium was one of the blue ribbon events in the ancient Olympic Games. First introduced to the Olympic Games in around 648 BC, the 33rd Olympic Games. And when you bear in mind, on a slight digression, that these Olympic Games took place every four years, hence Olympiad and hence why the Olympic Games every four years now, It doesn't take long to work out that the Olympic Games have been taking place for around 132 years already before the 33rd Olympic Games. And in fact, the original Olympic Games started in 776 BC, according to experts, so not quite... that checks out. (laughs) It roughly does, roughly does. And went on until 393 AD. So that was around a 1,000 years of having an Olympics every four years. That's incredible. It is, isn't it? The modern Olympics, it's only been going since 1896. It has, and originally involved poodle shearing. Yes, and also a very, a various other very strange things, walking. You know that stupid Olympic event in track and field where people do the walk? Yes. And they're shimmying yeah. their bums. The, uh, the only reason there's walking in it is because the original Olympic Games had walking. Let's see who can get <laughs> over there quickest. <laughs> yes. All right then, you know. It, well... Let's see who
0: can get over there and have the most fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this French chap's roly-polying his way. Of course, yes, <laughs> <Very> <laughs> <interesting>. disqualified. <laughs> yeah. Um, incredible. I, I, I knew the Olympic Games had gone gone on for a long time. I didn't realise the Olympic Games had been the original Olympic Games, had been going on for over for a thousand years. And it's also the Olympic Games was only one of four Panhellenic Games. The others being good uh, pub quiz knowledge here, by the way. The others being the Pythian Games, the Ithmian Games, and the Nemean Games. The Pythian Games actually took place in Delphi. The um location of the famous oracle um which i've actually visited and it's a really really cool site i've actually Ah. visited the original pythian games 200 meter running track which even has you can actually still run
0: on that can't you i think
1: absolutely in the same olympia so i've visited olympia as well they have the same running track and um, it's incredible because they even have starting blocks they've got two grooves in whatever rock it is that they've placed at the starting line. And so you'd actually have your own starting blocks for the two hundred metre sprint. And I think it was in full armour, so it'd be a hundred metre sprint up, and then they went around Bollard and then ran all the way back in full armour.
0: as uh, so it wasn't so it wasn't naked as traditionally imagined. I think Or at least as I traditionally imagined it.
1: Whoa. <laughs> I think many many of the events it did involve nudity, but I think the majority actually did. Because we know that the Greeks weren't afraid of getting their knickknacks out and wrestling another man. Absolutely not. No. But yes, unfortunately in three nine three AD, Emperor Theodosius the First, who was a miserable Christian fun spoiler, decided what? to ban it. <laughs> I know, I know.
0: As if there's as if there could be such a thing.
1: I know. It was around the same time that Roman schools started banning British Bulldog and keeps in marbles and pile ups, football lunchtime, <laughs> you know. Medals were rewarded to everyone. for the <laughs> first um, yeah. those Jumpers <laughs> for medals were awarded for everyone at Sports Day, you know. Even including the fatties who couldn't run they, they got a taking part medal so it's all that sort of shite you know
0: <laughs> boring okay. liberal okay, shite
1: <laughs> talking about horrible combat horrible but simple combat sport I saw in the news during the week the first ever British female paratrooper has been uh, managed to get through the paratrooper training so mm. Britain's had its first female paratrooper and um, I was just reading the article about that, and it was, it was briefly summarising the tasks that the, the recruits had to complete to become a paratrooper. And there's something called milling, which I've never seen before. Yes. Have you heard of milling? Yes, yeah. It's um,
0: it's relatively, relatively well-known, I think.
1: I hadn't known it. It's, it's for listeners who don't know what milling is. It's a very traditional part of the British paratrooper training, and it's 60 seconds of flat-out boxing with another recruit The only rules being you're not allowed to duck, dodge, or guard. Yes,
0: so you just have to take the punches for 60
1: seconds. (laughs) You slog the fuck out of each other for 60 seconds. Incredible. And there's clips of it on YouTube. It's just, yeah, it looks brutal. And you can see these guys are really not looking forward to doing it. To having some... (laughs) Really? <laughs> it doesn't look like a popular part of the training, but the idea behind it is is that a, a British paratrooper and any military organisation across the world has got to be able to maintain aggression in the face of aggression. So you don't want someone ducking away when someone's shooting at them. You've got to be able to shoot back. I think that's the basic principle behind yeah. behind milling. Anyway, so let's talk about a bit more about what was involved in the pancration. Well, everything really was fine. Anything goes. Just no gouging, biting. Or targeting the crotch, although I, I read of various different sources, and there was a little bit of disagreement around that. <laughs> Interestingly, so, so, so,
0: some, some people some people say yes, the crotch was fine.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it would. Some some of the sources suggested actually targeting the crotch was perfectly acceptable. But as far as I could find out, gouging and biting were. A a definite no-no unless Sam unless (laughs) unless you were a Spartan because you know Spartans they think you know all these rules are fucking southerners they use these rules they're big softies so the Spartans allowed everything bottling belly slams knack and knocks winkle (laughs) twists nipple-porks wet willies (laughs) tackle-tackles the works (laughs) dick slaps all of it all of it goes because the Spartans are hard as nails and there was bloody Athenians, the big whooshes. So, yeah, so the Spartans just used to fight anything goes, just to get them super hard. Oh, my God, he's pulled out the keep Yorkie Brown. Um,
0: yeah, I love that Spartans are, and I'm not arguing at all that Spartans are definitely Geordies. <laughs> <laughs> just,
1: just some fucking docker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some miner from Durham. Yeah in a fight, on the subject of the Spartans, ancient sources detailed how the three hundred Spartans who famously and heroically held the pass at Thermopylae, along with several thousand Greeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, but it's, yeah, we don't. It's a little bit like Tenzin Orgay, isn't it? We don't want to give him credit. <laughs> yes. Um, as we were leaving Christchurch Airport, instantly there was a big, big, big picture of um, Edmund Hillary. Big picture mm. of Edmund Hillary. No, no, no reference to Tenzin Orgay anywhere. Well, that's because he
0: was taking the photo.
1: (laughs) He'd already reached the top. Yeah, he (laughs) was taking a photo from the peak. Uh, Yes. So um, the the Spartans, who obviously famously um, held the pass at Thermopylae, fought apparently with pankration techniques when their weapons had been destroyed. So the last portion of the fighting was bare knuckle, nice mano in mano. And Pancrasian fighting techniques are referred to in many Greek sources. So Heracles apparently used them to fight the Nemean lion. What's what? Not his endeavours. What were um, trials? Think, his trials. Uh, what, yeah. Labors. 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 That's the word. One of one of Heracles' uh, labors. Theseus used these techniques apparently to fight the Minotaur. But that said, the Pancrastian was so basic, was so simple that it was basically just fighting so something humans have been doing for hundreds of thousands of years so i think it's quite difficult to say that a fighting skill was a pancrasian skill as opposed to just it, it, it's fighting it's probably it's kind of the most base exercise you can do other than walking isn't it trying to fight someone anyway there are some excellent stories involving Pancrasian champions there's a chap called diazippus as is usually the case when we um choose a classical topic i may get my i may get my pronunciation run here wrong here diazippus was crowned champion in 336 bc um, when everyone else chose not to fight him. He was presumably just one of those blokes who you just avoided. you know, A Tyson, Geordie. Or Tyson Fury. Six, yes, foot, yes. six foot nine, 20 stone and massive chin and no brain. <laughs> just a fighting machine. Um, just, a, just a chin with biceps. <laughs> just a monster. A monster of a man. I, I trained a Czech guy back in Christchurch who was six foot nine. And um, he was lanky in six foot nine. Six foot nine's very big. Um, if you're 20 stone with it, that's quite, that's quite intimidating. It's quite intimidating. Anyway, Alexander the Great um, invited Diazippus to his court, and one of Alexander's men, a chap called Caragus, um, Caragus, Caragus, potato, potato, um, in a slightly drunken state, insulted Diazippus. Um, he then challenged Diazippus to a fight, and Diazippus laughed and said, all right, then come on, let's do this. So anyway, a date is arranged and Cragus turns up in full armour carrying his military weaponry, including the famous Macedonian Sarissa. You know, that's the, that's the pole that's, that's slightly longer than everyone else's pole. <laughs> and
0: then he has revolutionised <laughs> warfare
1: by just being a little bit pointier and a little bit longer. <laughs> a little bit longer, uh, which led to one of the largest land empires known to man. And um, uh, Diozippus just gets naked, oils up, finds a club not a nightclub an actual club a physical club and um they get it on so Di- oh, well
0: I, that went that went somewhere unexpected
1: <laughs> <laughs> went a bit broke back Diazippus dodges a spear smashes courageous Couragus's shield wrestles him to the ground and disarms him he gets him in a hold and is about to kill him before alexander calls an end to proceedings so he basically gives him a pasting despite the fact that he's got all his military armor on and his weapons and the Macedonians are humiliated by this Macedonians w- witnessed it and later frame Diasippus who was obviously Greek for a theft and um, Diasippus later falls on his sword out of embarrassment <laughs> uh, another good anecdote um, another good story in another fight an athlete called now this is quite a difficult one to pronounce um, will, you, will you pick the Greeks <laughs> uh, we're going to go for Arichion go Arichion um, in 564 BC and he's a very <laughs> famous fighter Arich Tea Biscuit yes <laughs> <laughs> Not back to the biscuits again. But... <laughs> oh, we've done the biscuits to death. <laughs> Actually, you can never have too many biscuits, can you? No. Have you ever had broken biscuits?
0: Uh, what like a packet of broken biscuits?
1: No, no, no. So that I means that's logically where you'd go with broken biscuits, but no, it's, it is. <laughs> My granddad, when we were kids, used to come around um and bring a big box of broken biscuits, like a shoe box, full of broken biscuits from some groceries and it was basically all the biscuits that had fucked up on the conveyor <laughs> in the factory had just been swept off and thrown in a broken biscuits box. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what, that's what I was thinking. Oh, that's what you are thinking, sorry, yeah. that's what you're thinking. And, you were know, thinking. A, a packet of broken biscuits. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I, I thought you meant just a packet of, you know, of hobnobs that you'd accidentally dropped when you were walking <laughs> through the Tesco's car park. Now, um, but this box, and every you'd probably get one in ten would be just a gold mine. Because that one in ten would be like Rocky bars that had just had excessive amounts of chocolate poured all over them. Oh, but, yes. And, and you open this box, it would just be chocolate. Chocolate, gooey, caramel, biscuity mess. What, what an exciting time that was as a child.
0: My wife made brownies this morning, and that's just made me really hungry. They're downstairs waiting.
1: Are they wafting up the stairs? Can you smell them?
0: Yeah, she stole half of my Terry's chocolate orange to put in them. I'm well excited.
1: Wow. She put a Terry's chocolate orange in your brownie. Yeah,
0: it's the only way to get it through customs.
1: No wonder you've got problems with your
0: piles.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so this fighter, Arichion, in 564 BC, and he was a very famous fighter, actually won his last fight, but here's the catch. He won it dead. So his opponent (laughs) had him in a lock, suffocated him, but in his final moments this fighter managed to dislocate his opponent's ankle Oof. and his opponent raised his finger in submission. So rather than tapping out, like in modern MMA, fighters would just raise their index finger. And um, the judges decided that the dead participant was the winner. And that's how I'm trying to avoid pronouncing his name again. <laughs> <laughs> what was that name again, Tom? <laughs> uh, it's, I'll, I'll, I will spell it out for you. a Arricion. Arricion, yeah. Arricion. Arricion. And um, here's one final story to finish on. And unfortunately, I couldn't really validate this. So this could be internet bollocks. But um, I was desperately (laughs) trying to find the original source for this anecdote, for this story. But anyway, here's one that we can finish on. It's a story about two fighters who both died fighting. So they were taking part in a pancrash on. They both actually died during the fight. The judges struggling to work out who to award as winner rather than, you know, getting first aid or <laughs> <laughs> calling an ambulance. They decided, they I can't quite work out which one of these is one. They decided to go for the one that didn't have his eyes gouged out.
0: Gouging, gouging is against the rules, so... Yeah. Exactly. He should have actually been disqualified. (laughs) Because the other one clearly then did have his eyes gouged out. That's
1: exactly what I thought. But it was just... uh, That story wonderfully sums up how violent um, this was. (laughs) Jesus. How violent this was. People were dying in the ring and having their eyes gouged out. So why did people take part in this? Running seems easier. There's actually a a sensible answer to that. And a very pertinent answer to that, Sam. Which is that ancient Greek culture had become sensitised to violence so it was a very military culture warfare was commonplace and so they were just sensitised to violence the panhellenic games were closely associated with training for good soldier yeah yeah being in the army so there's a close association hence javelin throwing and and running in full armour and fighting boxing wrestling all these sort of things and um, yes, yeah, so I walking. think the violence was just acceptable <laughs> walking. The violence of roly polying, um, yep. shimmying, <laughs> um... moonwalking. <laughs> yeah. The 200 metre moonwalk in full armour. <laughs> oh, that'd be hard on the hamstrings, wouldn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> hard on the sandals as well. <laughs> think of all the gravel in your shoe. Oh, that's, all, that's almost the worst part. <laughs> It's worse than having your eyes gouged out. I've yeah. had gravel in your shoes.
0: I mean, you're going to be pedicured by the end, aren't you? God, your feet are going to be smooth as a baby's bottom.
1: <laughs> the baby's bottom has been dragged towards <laughs> dragged, dragged through a
0: Greek gravel pit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. a dusty Greek gravel pit. I mean, it's, I mean, that's a that's a topic that a lot of people have explored, a lot of historians have explored with regards to Roman entertainment, how violent Roman entertainment was. And it's this sort of sense how people got sensitised to violence. It was important for that sort of society to be able to accept violence. Interestingly as well, though, we have a lot of violence in modern culture, don't we? Anyone who's played Grand Theft Auto, it's just a form of violence that we we witness that isn't actually hurting a lot of people. On-screen violence, computer game violence. So... Um, Yes, we also have a lot of violence in our culture. It's just uh, less people get hurt in the making of it. And that's the message for today, kids. Fewer fewer (laughs) slaves get killed. (laughs) Fewer prisoners of war are involved in the violence. (laughs) So that's the Pancration, one of the blue ribbon events in the ancient Olympic Games.
0: Fantastic.
1: Nice. Interesting pub knowledge, Sam. Uh, The modern Olympic Games has been going from 1896. How many of the summer Olympic venues can you name?
0: As in the actual... Arenas, not the, the, the countries
1: The cities, yeah. The cities. Yeah.
0: Uh London, Tokyo, Paris. Take. Athens.
1: Paris, Athens, yes. Moscow, Beijing. Yes. Beijing, yeah. Uh Seoul. Seoul, nineteen eighty eight. Uh Los Angeles, I wanna say? Yeah, that was eighty four. Oh does, has Boston had an Olympics? Fairly sure it hasn't. Fair enough. But on the on the subject of B Barcelona, that was nineteen ninety two. Barcelona,
0: um, Rio, ninety six. You remember Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, at uh,
1: Sydney. Uh, that was two thousand. I think
0: that's that's as far as I can go. ninety six was
1: yeah. Ninety six <laughs> was Atlanta. And um, Berlin,
0: obviously the big one.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, yes, yes. The one with the old uh, nasty chap with the small moustache. I think there's. I think Oslo has had one as well. I think you have got most of them. London has had it twice. I think Paris has had it a few times as well. Uh, Stockholm may well have had one in the early years. Ah, right. Well, that was that was
0: that was very interesting, and prescient as well because I think there was a, there was that big boxing match between two two fighting men last night, wasn't there? Or was it last night? Yeah, I don't know. Two, I don't follow
1: boxing. Two big chaps who just sort of were punching each other. You know, it was. It was uh, but they were. That tends to happen in boxing. Uh, Wilder versus Fury, <laughs> and Fury gave okay. Wilder <laughs> an absolute pasting. Yeah. Oh, did he? He, he got a he, wow. Wilder had his ass handed to him. Yep, it was quite a quite quite
0: a defeat. Excellent. Well, at least as long as everyone had fun, I just hope both teams enjoyed themselves.
1: (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm sure one person did. I'm not sure Wilder (laughs) did.
0: Fair enough. Anyway, we should probably think of a topic for next week, shouldn't we?
1: Now, did we have any... Did we, I think we had a message, didn't
0: we? Someone has suggested... We've had two separate people suggest in the last week a very similar topic. We stopped
1: the podcast. Which is...
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> give up, get a day job...
1: <laughs> Feed your family. And by the
0: way, we're going round my mother's for dinner on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, people suggested body parts... Uh, someone suggested trade in body parts and someone suggested medical experiments but, uh, but kind of vaguely vaguely body parts or the body it's, it's slightly similar to health but I think body parts could be a really interesting one you know lots of body parts superstition and uh, relics and things you could talk about it there penis
1: superstitious yep I like it The, penis, the of Saint <laughs> penis of St. <Saint> Josephus penis of St. Josephus
0: I've got no idea if that's a thing but I bet it bloody is
1: <laughs> I think it was one of Roald Dahl's poems <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's a tongue twister. Yes, yes. The penis of St. Josephus is a jolly penile point. If the penile points of St. Josephus. It would be quite a good tongue twister, actually, wouldn't it?
1: It would be. I think you should work on that for next week. Let's do body I'll parts, and I would, like, I would like to give you the task of, of creating a rude tongue twister for next week.
0: St. Josephus' penis.
1: <laughs> yep. Right,
0: yes. Okay, body parts. Body parts for next week. Sounds a good one. Excellent. Right well thank you so much for tuning in and holding with uh, holding with us um, staying with us whilst we have a a little week break everything should be back to normal now so join us next Wednesday slash Thursday for a dive into various body parts Uh, probably going to be a fairly grim one I imagine if you uh, have any suggestions (laughs) comments anything like that do get in touch with us you can find us on Twitter that underscore was underscore genius on Instagram at that was genius and on Facebook that was genius podcast uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Say goodbye, Tom. Goodbye. That was quite of. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> I, got, I cut myself off midway through the pipe. <laughs> Became very Japanese, Try not Good Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. See you next week.